0: Hey everybody, Chris Orlob here. Welcome to another episode of the Getting to Club podcast, where you get to steal the skills, playbooks, and techniques of the top 0.01% of B2B tech sales practitioners. Today, I'm going to teach you a few quote-unquote negotiation lessons through a story. Okay, I'm going to tell you about a story that I helped close a couple years ago. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to draw out, I think, probably three or four lessons from this story. So let's back up. This was a little over two years ago. If I'm remembering right, I think this was Q4 of 2021, 2021. Who says 2021? The year 2021, uh, I was helping close a $385,000 deal with one of the reps on my team. And this was a make or break deal for the quarter. Okay, if we closed this deal, we would be significantly beyond our number. If we didn't close it, I think we were just flirting with making our number. So this was an important one, especially because we had forecasted it. Okay, everything looked like it was going to close, so we forecasted it, and then it started to become at risk. So of course, the thing that put it at risk was procurement was grinding us down on price. They said $385,000 is insane. We only have budget for $200,000. So here's how the rest of the conversation went and then the lessons to be drawn here. So the first thing is we had to bring the focus off of this price sticking point and back to business value. So here's what we said when they said they only had 200,000 we kind of put them on their heels and we said, well, how familiar are you with the business value that we're poised to deliver in this proposal? And they said, I'm familiar. You're going to help us ramp new sellers faster. That's valuable, but it's not worth $380,000. Once again, that price is insane. So I think most sellers and most negotiators would see this as a dead end, but we just took it to the next level, right? We kept asking intelligent questions and we followed it up with, can you, can we walk you through the math we did with your chief revenue officer to see if it checks out with you, right? I'm sure you're going to be able to poke some holes in it, but I just want to make you aware of the math. And they said, sure. They were reluctant because I think they knew where you were going with this. And we said, well, your account executive ramp time currently is about eight months. Uh, so at month nine, the average rep starts producing around $60,000 in ARR per month. After seven or eight months of ramp ramping up, does that sound right? And they said yes, as far as I know. So we're getting a little bit closer. And then we followed that up with your chief revenue officer tells us she's hiring 80 new account executives in the next year, in the next 12 months. They said yep. And we said so. If you got 80 new account executives up to speed one month faster each, that's 80 reps times sixty thousand dollars in ARR. That's four point eight million dollars. And they kind of sat there silent. And so then we asked a few follow-up questions. We said, again, the question then becomes, how believable is it that we can cut one month, just one month off of your existing ramp time for these 80 new sellers that are going to come into your business over the next year? And now the CRO on their side, who had been sitting silently in the Zoom call, chimed in. She said, very believable. I've gone deep with them on their product capabilities and how they map back to what we need. I'm bought in in on this. And we said, so a $4.x million expected return against a $385,000 spend. So now we ask the nail in the coffin question. We said, well, usually when we get price resistance like we're getting right now, it's either because you're not sold on the financial value or you do not have the ability to spend the cash. It's usually one of those two things. It feels like, just given the math, we've covered the first piece right? That's $385,000 spend, well above $4 million in expected return, and we think we can get there. So what's stopping us from here? Now, after a little bit of, you know, grumbling and what have you, they signed the deal six hours later. There are three deal closing lessons I want you to take away from this deal story that will help you close more deals, negotiate better, and just all around sell better. Number one, try to get your champion in the negotiation room. Okay. We have the CRO in the negotiation room. Procurement rarely understands or appreciates the business value. Get your champion in the room when it's time to face off with procurement. Now, many times you're not going to be able to do that. Sometimes customer companies have a policy where no one can talk to the vendor except for procurement during a certain blackout period, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't at least ask, right? Shoot your shot even if you only get a yes 20% of the time you just made 20% of your negotiations far far easier because if you're champions in the room it will change the tone of the meeting lesson number 2 price resistance typically at the end of a sales cycle comes from one of three places sometimes a mix of all three either a they're not sold on the business value b They have an inability to pay, right? They might have a cash constraint or something like that, or C, they're just being a good steward of their company's capital and they're trying to get the best deal possible. Your job is to identify which of those three or which mix of those three you're up against and then to solve the problem accordingly. Okay. For us in that story, it was a combination of number one and number three. In fact, you can actually use those three buckets as a way to, um, respond to price negotiate or price resistance, right? When you feel price negotiation, why do I keep saying that? When you feel price resistance at the end of a sales cycle, present those three options and ask them which of those buckets they fall into. Now, here's the third lesson. I think this is probably the final lesson from the deal story. Negotiating is much, much easier with rock solid selling skills right? So if you go back and listen to that deal story one more time, you're going to hear a few things. Number one, we had a committed champion, a powerful champion, the CRO. Number two, we had significant business pain. And number three, it was very quantifiable. The business value was clear. Now, we had gotten all of those things done far earlier in the sales cycle, right? We did that in the first half. We built champions, we accessed power, we built a value proposition, all that. We didn't do that in the negotiation group. In other words, our negotiation was much easier because we have sold or we had sold so successfully earlier in the sales cycle. Imagine trying to negotiate without those things, without access to power, without a committed champion, without significant business pain, without quantifiable business value. That would have been a nightmare, right? Procurement not only would have torn us apart, but they probably would have gone back to the business and said, we should look at a much cheaper competitor. There's no reason for us to even be doing business with these guys. So that's all for today. I wanted to walk you through that story because it's a story that has become famous uh, in my social media rounds and a lot of people have questions about it and a lot of people like to consume podcasts rather than read. So I just decided to turn this one to a podcast episode. I hope you liked it. Remember those three lessons and I'll see you in the next episode.